Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. He's Pat. I'm Rajan. And uh, got to say, after a couple of weeks, several weeks, I don't even know how many weeks it's been now, of not being able to connect to record this podcast, there couldn't have been a better time for the two of us to reconvene, given the Washington football team's stunning upset. I mean, there's no real other way to put it. Stunning upset of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. We're recording this on Monday evening by a final score of 29 to 19. Um, I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, uh, again, it's I'm on the record as saying that I picked this team to go 11 and six. They're obviously not going to go 11 and six. Well, they'll probably run the table down. Um, joking aside. But looking at the front 17 game schedule to begin the year, if you ask me, like, what is the one game they're going to definitely lose? Like of those six games I predicted to them to lose, what is their one game they're definitely going to lose? It was this one. I mean, you're playing Tom Brady, you're playing Tampa Bay, you're playing the defending Super Bowl champion. Uh, I, I, I would have said like, this is a guaranteed loss. And of course, this is the NFL. The last two weeks of the league have been so crazy in terms of like these weird upsets and, and lopsided wins by teams that you would have predicted to win uh, that this kind of fell into place. Um, but to break it all down, Pat's back. Uh, so let's, let's go there. I, I had us as three guaranteed losses in our first eight uh, at Buffalo. No chance. Uh, <laughs> the chiefs, Negative chance. Uh, although we played pretty well against the Chiefs and still lost um, because Heineke was terrible in that game. Uh, and then the Bucks game. Uh, but, I mean, it, we were 10-point dogs at home against the Phoenix to 10, Super Bowl I saw champions. Nine. I saw nine yeah, and a half. to 10. Uh, full disclosure to those listening, like, I listened to this entire game on the radio. I watched the highlights. Uh, but when I was driving and I turned the game on, I – I turned it on almost to feel a sense of home. Like I was like, you know what? It's Sunday. I'm kind of a little hungover. I just need to listen to the Redskins get their ass whooped to really complete this weekend. And, you know, slowly but surely they, they kept going. And I got to say, the most, it's the best game of the Ron Rivera year and a half. We'll call it. I think it's the single best game they've played um, in its entirety. Uh, sure. There's a few mistakes, but the thing I'm like most excited about is when you look at the game as a whole, we lost our franchise player midway through the second quarter. Um, you know, Chase is, Chase is now officially out with a torn ACL. But good news, I think it's only the ACL, which I know it's small, but big win, uh, especially with our history of doctors. Um, and then every time Brady made a comeback or every time Tampa tried to grab momentum back, we responded, um, which is so encouraging. And, and ultimately, like, that last drive – had to have been maybe the best drive of my remembering lifetime. I remember. Uh, so I, I, um, I covered Virginia tech football when I was an undergrad, obviously, and I was the, and I remember the sports department for the newspaper. And, um, I remember there was this one game. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember everybody taught hype it up how the UVA Notre Dame game was going to be good. And I thought about well, you about that yeah, one. Armstrong, Armstrong going to play. All right. Calm down. So anyway, Calm down. We uh, three points. I remember, um, so there were the, Tech when Lee Suggs and, and Kevin Jones were there for Tech. Remember, as a press conference, and they're talking to the the running backs coach. And there was this one drive in the prior game where Virginia Tech literally ran the ball every play, every single play on the drive, and scored a touchdown. And they asked the running backs coach Billy Height back then. They asked him like, Coach Height, how how did you feel about that drive where they ran the ball every play and they scored a touchdown? Of course, on the running play, he goes, "Man, don't tell my wife, but that was better than sex." 
And <laughs> that's how I felt about watching that nine. What was it? Nineteen plays. Nineteen plays. Eighty, 80 yards. Ten twenty-five in 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 time of possession. That's how that felt, man. Like that. That was absolutely incredible. Um, you 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 stole. I mean, it's not really a steal, but you stole one of my big thoughts on this. Was there were so many opportunities for this team to roll over and die to do the same thing that they've done for against, I think, Green Bay, against New Orleans, against Kansas City, and other games I'm sure I'm missing, to basically blow the lead in the third quarter or blow or, or, or shoot themselves in the foot fatally in the third quarter. Um, the Dax Milne fumble, first and foremost, that tr- immediately turned around into the Mike Evans, you know, doing an illegal like swim doing a legal swim move off the line <laughs> he on literally Kendall did a Fuller swim move. <laughs> and, uh, and scoring a touchdown on that play. Um, the John Bates almost fumble uh, among other things. Right. And, and lo and behold, not only did they spend an entire quarter working the body and keeping the ball away from Tom Brady, but they sealed it off with a fourth down touchdown run. John Bates near fumble that was reversed was a very like, Nope, it's the Redskins. Yep. Like, I was like, God damn! I literally out loud while listening was like, God damn it! But you know, that's who we are. We're the lovable. We're not even lovable. We're the losers. Yeah, we're the hateable. Losers. We're not lovable anymore. Yeah, we're the hateable. Uh, but you know, I gotta hand it to the team. I thought Scott Turner was terrific. Um, I think Gibson deserves a major game ball because I mean, I don't know how many times he he toted the rock. Um, twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yeah, I mean, he went. He went 24 with like 64, 65 yards or something and two touchdowns. I mean, those are hard-earned yards. Uh, and when Heineke – I mean, I know we're going to talk a lot about Heineke. It, 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 no matter the game, no matter the storyline, we're always going to talk about the quarterback. And Heineke's been bad for the last month. Uh, in this four-game losing streak, I think he's broken 30 in QBR once. Uh, you know, he's been bad. He's done three, three touchdowns and six picks in, in the four games previous. Uh, didn't really give as much of a chance to win any of the games. I still have no idea what happened with the non-touchdown against Green Bay. Like, that will never compute in my head. Um, but, hey, you got to win. The kid balls out. I don't care what side of the line you're on. Like, he played great. And if I laughed at Ryan Clark this morning on NFL uh, on ESPN. He was like, if Heineke played Tampa every week, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. It's um, a good comment. Yeah, uh, he played great, and he only—I mean—he got away with one throw down the middle uh, that actually Carter eventually caught. Yeah, but like, that was a- but like, let's be honest—he got us in and out of that huddle. We there was no—he made some good audibles, he made some good throws, uh, and he played better than Tom Brady. He did. There's no way you can say he didn't. You can see very discernibly in the second half. Tampa made an adjustment and a bunch of people commented on this where they they went more man and they started bringing an extra rusher from all different directions. It was very Todd Bowles where they just started to bring the blitz and they got to Heineke. I mean, Heineke was one of the least sacks, least sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And he went down five times yesterday and he could have had every opportunity to start developing happy feet, get the ball out too fast, try to go hero ball because he couldn't trust anything around him. And he remained poised, calm, and functionally, you know, functional through the offense, despite all of that. And what's funny, what's funny about that point is teams have been backing off Heineke and rushing for and making them beat him with his arm, which actually makes 
Like, plenty of sense. sense. Yes. But Tampa did start blitzing, and you could see the games Haneke's played well in. Played well in. You got the Giants. Uh, I guess you can count the Bucks game last year. You had the uh, Falcons. He actually played decently in Buffalo, except for those two just god horrific decisions. Uh, but those are games where teams are coming at him. And the thing you I think is most interesting about him is like if you get to a third quarter, you kind of see it in his eye. He's like, "Fuck it, I got this." And yesterday was one of those moments where his confidence just continued to grow and grow and grow. And you could see after every play, he's like, let's keep going. Let's keep going. You know, Gibson will run 12 yards, hard 12 yards. And he's screaming like, let's fucking go. Um, and that happened yesterday. And I think you're right. I think Tampa tried to switch it up and say, let's go get him." And, you know, he took a few of those sacks, yep. but I'd much rather him take a sack and throw into triple coverage when he's on his nine yard line. Or try to uh, thread the ball into places where he can't, cause he simply doesn't have the arm strength to your point about yeah. drop, you know, rush for drop seven. And, and trying to thread those throws. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to go, I mean, Heineke is, it's, he's like, you know, catching the chicken in the, in the Rocky movies, right? Like it's really hard to bring him down. The fact that they Tampa brought him down five times is commendable on their, for their, on their end. Um, there was a couple of. Um, he's three like, and five as a starter, by the way. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's QB one. He's not, we need a new quarterback. But he's earned a spot on this team next year. If he's our backup and you can get a backup quarterback to the three and five and eight games, come in, give you a spark, know the offense. I mean, he's earned a spot to be the backup. I mean, Rivera's basically all but said that Heineke excels as the microwave offense sixth man off the bench. Everyone said he's probably going to be like Fitzpatrick. And what did we get? He's basically Fitzpatrick without yeah. the same one. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are going to comment about the drive and the the aforementioned 19 play drive. Because it was sweet. Um a couple of things. So there was the two, the two big throws on that. So people forget the first third down conversion, third and two scrambled early on just just the first third down conversion of the drive. I think if this was his third or fourth start, I think he slides short of the third down. I think Ron got in his head with, with being a game manager and stopped taking hits. I think if it was a couple games ago, he would have slid. I can see that. That's why I did it in green Bay. The two, the two big ones, obviously, that everyone knows about uh, on the other side of the field in Tampa Bay territory, um, the quick out to Adam Humphreys, the diving catch by Adam Humphreys, hell of a catch, hell of a throw. It was 314 left in the third quarter. Once Washington picked up the third, uh, converted the third down, picked up the first down, that basically put Tampa Bay in like, we don't like this is this is looking more and more bleak. And as a quick aside, that missed extra point. First of all, how many times have we been on the situation where we missed the extra point? Shout out to Dustin Hopkins and Chris Blewett. How many times have we been in the situation where we missed the extra point that turns out to be so critical? And instead, now that three-point lead turns into a four-point lead, and we're nursing that. Yeah, massive. And, and so you have got that. So then you have the third and four that obviously converted Adam Humphreys. And then the third and five, I think, that the, the pass to McLaurin, where he just got absolutely annihilated. How is that, that not a penalty? I think it was leading with the shoulder. So the one they picked up on, I think it was on Whitehead. Where on he, McKissick. I think on McKissick. That should have been a penalty. And I know I, I'm saying that with burgundy and gold-colored glasses on, but that should have been a penalty. I don't care if you led with your shoulder. The dude was basically down, and you missled it while he was down yourself into him. That, I thought, was bullshit, where they picked up the flag on that one. I thought the one on McKissick, uh, on McLaurin was a little cleaner. I don't know. I mean, he he gets rocked. And the Rock fact that he got up and, and did the chest thump was just fantastic. 
I dude, he was so slow to get up though. Like he kind of. Oh yeah, it took his time. I was like, I was like, dude, please do not be hurt. <laughs> he had his old man getting off the couch few moments yeah. first. Yeah, so that I mean, there was that. It was just just a lot of great stuff. And 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 Antonio Gibson. If there's you learn if you take nothing else away from this offense this year, I know the shins bothering him. I know he's on a pitch count during practice. He might be on a pitch count during games. I don't know. He's clearly not. He had 24 carries he's for 62 yards. God, the way that guy picks up extra yards after the first contact, the way he keeps falling forward, the all the tough yardage he gets, it it's just such a joy to watch. I say it all the time and I'm and I'll the, keep uh, saying the, it over the play and over again. that the play that sticks out to me. Well, there's a couple plays. Then one that his first touchdown just kept his legs turning. The, the entire line, pile. The, the entire whole pile. Line I'm surprised they didn't blow the see, whistle. You can see. I was a little surprised by it too, but you can see how pumped up like Flowers and Schweitzer and all those guys are when he scores. But the play that I was like, God damn, thank you for Gibson. I don't exactly rem- remember when it was. I want to say it was our last drive, but I don't think it was quite that late in the game. It was definitely in the second half. Because it must have been our last drive. Because I pulled over into a rest area and watched the last six minutes on my phone, uh, which my my wife was not thrilled with. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure she uh, loved that part. Yeah, uh, but Gibson gets the ball, and a I forget who, but the Tampa Bay linebacker is right there for a clean two yard loss, two yard loss tackle, and Gibson just bounces off him and falls forward for another like four yards. It was like such a Always, I've, I've said, it, I hate when people say, oh, always fall forward is running. He literally just bounced off him and then just kept going. And it took him, you know, he basically pumps up to a four yard game. Um, I think, I think he's, he has a shin. I think he's itching towards an explosive game. I think we're close. I think that bye week helped him a lot. Um, I think he's going to have one game in the second half of the season where he goes for like 125. To your point about the bye week, I was listening. So I, I stayed off social media today. Also, when was the last time we won off coming off a bye week? So that was like a we big always, one. We, we always shit the bed. We always shit the bed after a bye week. Always come out flat. That was, I, 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 I was thinking about the same thing yesterday. I was like, we always play like ass after a bye week. Like we did absolutely nothing, right? We actually got worse after a bye week. And this was completely the opposite. Um, the point about the health you made in reference to Antonio Gibson, I stayed off social media today, but um, I did listen to part of John Kimes podcast and he mentioned something and it didn't, it didn't hit me until I said it, that he was like, Heineke actually is kind of getting beat up over the last few weeks. And he may not have been hundred percent healthy, like over the, like the final two games leading into the bye week and the bye week was really nice rest recharge recovery for him as well. And they're like, that has to factor factor in to why he looks so good in this particular game, especially in comparison, as you pointed out to the prior month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did look spry. He, I know there was some about him yesterday where he was, maybe it's because he's playing Brady. He has these weird, he has these weird, post-game conferences where he's always like, yeah, it was an emotional game for me. Like, dude, not every game's got to be emotional. Just go out there and play. Uh, or if every game is emotional, figure Michael Jordan's thing. Figure something out to get emotional about right. and get emotional about Make it, it up. Make it up. Just a wizard drops 30 points on you in a game, make it up that you hate him and go score 30 in the first half. Uh, that's, what we, that's what we need. Yeah. yeah. Make up that, that that wizard would trash talk to you, even though that actually never happened. Never and happened. Yeah. Never actually Just make happened. some up. Take yeah. someone personal. Take someone personal. Go out there and just start going. Uh, he. So we'll get, we'll come back to him in a little bit, but um, let's go back to the. We'll go to the defense, and you know we've. 
for we've our screamed, We've screamed about the defense for the, the first half of this entire season, rightfully so. I mean, they deserve all the shit that people have piled on them, and probably then some. Um, yesterday, there was just so many different ways that you can complement the way they played. Um, I'm going to start with the most obvious one. Jonathan Allen was a fucking monster. It, he's got to be the best interior lineman in the league. He's so good. It's him and Aaron Donald. I mean, there's, yeah. it's, I defy anyone to really kind of put anyone else there. He was so. That's our best contract extension in years. One of our best picks, one of our, in addition. There were a couple of plays where he just, uh, you know, he was primary, he was the primary person that got his hand in uh, Brady's face when Brady threw the overthrow to Mike Evans. McCain. Uh, that McCain came up with, um, which is also, also a third coverage. down play. There's also a third down play where he absolutely annihilates Brady on an incomplete pass. Yes. The end of his last play of the third quarter, third down. Go watch Brady. He gets crushed by Allen. I'm surprised they didn't throw a flag and got hit so hard. Brady got so going back to what we were, I wanted to round this out with Heineke, going back to Heineke, Brady got happy feet. Yeah. Brady definitely there was something so somebody because he's 76 years old yeah somebody on CBS or somebody I was I saw some tweet today and they were like look Washington only actually pressured Brady on 25 percent of Brady's attempts but on the 25 percent of those attempts that Brady got pressured he was ass he was hot sick ass on those and it wasn't because of pressure it was because it was pressure up the middle it was ionitis it was allen and it was pain and that's where brady really suffers it's not so much about edge pressure it's about you know getting right up in his face which i mean any quarterback would suffer in that situation i get it but um it was particularly interesting that all three of them played a very good game but mostly highlighted by allen who was just absolutely destructive yesterday well do you remember do you remember the narrative going into the playoff game last year it was a lot of it was Ooh, maybe Washington can pull the upset because they have a defensive line to get to Brady. And when does Brady struggle? It's when he's under pressure in the middle of the pocket. And we have, to your point, Payne, and we have Allen, and we have Ionites. Um, and that obviously didn't happen last year. It happened yesterday. Like, uh, multiple times he got the ball out of his hands faster than he wanted. That third, Brady that didn't pick, look good for that, the first that, two and a half, three quarters last year. Brady got hot in the third quarter of the playoff game. If you go right. back and watch, he like remembers late well, third, fourth. That's when he really started counter, to get hot. My counterpoint to that is the Bucks also dropped like five passes. True, true. I won't deny that. But there were a lot of moments. Like Brady, that's why we were joking. We're like Taylor Heineke outplayed Tom Brady that game, right? I mean, and, and well, Brady definitely did yesterday. Brady wasn't Brady until the third quarter, fourth quarter of that game, and and yes, a hundred percent. As a side, I gotta note, give the defense. I gotta give go the defense credit. Just in general, and then I'll sorry, I just cut you off. No, no, you're fine. But this is the third week in a row they've played vastly better. The defense kept us in the Green Bay game. We only lost 24-10. And like I said, I still don't understand how that wasn't a Heineke touchdown. I get the rule. I understand he gave himself up. That's bullshit. Yep. It that was. was a touchdown. Uh the Broncos game was a from an offensive standpoint, maybe the worst offensive football game ever. Yeah. Defense only defense only gave up what 17 well, points. Are you saying in of any game or are you just of any Washington game or any team? Because I can I will defy any human being to say that the Steelers well, Lions game this weekend wasn't the worst football no, game ever for, played. For, ever played. For us. For us. Yeah. For, yeah. Worst game of the season offensively for us. But the defense, to its credit, forced multiple turnovers, held them to 15, 17 points. And yeah, it's the Broncos with Bridgewater. It's not a juggernaut. But like 
They kept Aaron Rodgers they did their job. In check. Hard to do. They did their job. Everyone went into that game being like, if they're serious about taking a step forward, they'll this is not a game you can struggle. And they uh, played well. Devontae Adams held him to his second lowest yardage total of the season. Yeah, they played. I mean, they played well. And then you get, I mean, granted, the Bucks were missing Brown. Uh, did Godwin play? I don't think Godwin, Godwin no, played. Godwin he did. was there. Yeah, he did play. Yep. But Brown was out. Everyone else was there, though. And Fuck no Antonio Brown, Brown man. That's most Gronk, overrated player Gronk going has, to the season. Fuck Antonio Brown. Well, Gronk hasn't played in like six weeks anyway. Uh, but like they were pretty much fully healthy. And dude, we, we played on them. I mean, that was their worst offensive game of the year by a mile. And after the game, Arians was like, we're a dumb football team, yada, yada, yada. I just think we outplayed them. 100%. They came like, out flat. They were. They came out flat, but they made mistakes, and we capitalized. Like, we outplayed them. I don't think it has anything more to do than – I don't think a Tampa fan can say, God, we fucking lost that game. I think they got beat. Like, you come into a 2-16 and six team house, you're 6-2, and two, your things are real chance. We're playing a backup quarterback who's taking math classes 16 months ago. You have no fucking business leaving. Zero. And Mike we beat Evans, them by double digits. We beat them by double digits. Mike Evans made that comment, like, I know we're the better team. Yes, you are the better team. You were yeah. definitively not the better team yesterday. Definitively. And, and guess what? If we were playing Tampa this week, I'd pick Tampa again. Right. But we whooped your ass, and you got to deal with it. We beat them by 10. Double digits. It was interesting. 10 and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. A lot of people lauded the defensive game plan. Uh, there was – and. It was also very similar where they kind of just they rushed five and dropped everybody back, but they made sure to bring the pressure up the middle with Brady. And it's like shocker, right? Um, but most importantly, they got home, they got in Brady's face, they executed the game plan. Um, and just a lot of guys played really, really well yesterday. I mean, fuck, William Jackson had an interception. William Jackson didn't do something critical to hurt this team um in the course of a game. That in and of itself is also another uh, a note of praise or noteworthy. One thing that's super frustrating about our defense, why did it take us so long to make adjustments? Like, you finally bring Collins up to the line of scrimmage in, against Green Bay. Our defense instantly becomes better. You start playing Jamin Davis more. He gets better a lot faster. But what, what are we – against uh, – who was our first game of the year? The San, Diego, San Diego. Right, uh, the chart, LA. Curl, Curl played less than half the snaps. I know. Now, now he's playing – Virtually every snap, and he's the he's the reason for that first pick. Like, what? It frustrates me. It took us this long to figure that out. Yeah, especially when every especially when everyone and their fucking mom was saying Landon Collins was the linebacker months ago. NFL coaches have this hard on for veterans, and it's the stupidest thing to figure out, right? Like, I know fans have a hard on for like high profile rookies or like rookies who flash in the preseason, and we tend to be the opposite. But like. NFL coaches will defiantly play a veteran defiantly in place of a younger guy, even though it is brutally obvious to the casual watcher or to the analytics community that the younger player is markedly better. I'll give you a perfect example. Anybody who watches the Denver Broncos knows that Javante Williams, a running back, is substantially better than Mel, uh, Melvin Gordon, right? And that's just like one small example, right? There are countless others that I'm, I'm missing right off the top of my I head. I do was a load of Car- Carolina, Carolina, yeah. North Carolina, yeah, and uh, and and it's just it's instances like that. Uh, 
DeAndre Swift. I'm, I'm naming all the running backs on my team that don't get enough care on my fantasy team that don't get enough carries uh, for the first half of the year. They keep handing the ball to Jamal Williams, who is not nearly as good as didn't DeAndre. Didn't Swift. take Swift in the first round? First round pick. He is, no, sorry. Second round pick. He's a second round pick. Yeah. Right. Nonetheless, they they're like, you know what? We have this really talented running back dual threat can play, you know, plays in the pass game, can pass block. Let's give him less carries. Let's give him less opportunity. And because we signed this backup running back from green Bay, it is so incredibly frustrating, but that's how NFL coaches are. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's dumb. I just like yesterday made me really like our, the NFL is such a week to league, league, league. Like we could lose next week and I'll be calling for everyone to be fired. That's how, that's the nature of the NFL, especially since Twitter started. I still want to fire Del Rio. Uh, well, you got to give him credit. Even it's getting better. Oh, no, you, uh, I don't, for sure. Still want to fire him, for I, sure. I yeah. do have more hope that our offensive staff knows what they're doing offensively. And I do think Ron is still a good coach because I'm so used to coming out of bye weeks and just getting molly walked. But, like, even after losing Chase, even after Tampa pulled within three and they pulled within four, like, we stuck to everything. The team did their, to the, the team did their thing, and we won. And, I mean, defense had a lot to do with that. But I know it's kind of random and a little bit of a tangent, but I think we need to give a shout-out to the staff because, like, you're two and six. The seasons are basically already over. You're going nearby, and you're facing the Phoenix Bowl champs. Like, you think anybody – like, the chances to, to mail it in were high. And they didn't. And uh, like the defense came out first. I mean, did we force it? We forced a three and out. Three and out. First possession. First and, then and, picked, out. and then we picked uh then we picked Brady in our second possession. Like the team was just rolling from the get-go. And they finished big time. Uh so most complete game from any Redskins team in years, Mike. John Kime and Brian Weinstein in their podcast uh made a great point that um to you to mention building off what you said about Rivera, that Rivera, I don't know, a week or two ago or right before, right after the Denver game or something made this comment. He's like, we're only a handful of plays away, a couple plays here and there. You know, I still think, I still believe in this, blah, blah. Something about the fact like we're really, really close. And everyone's like, you're two and six. And he got lambasted or lambasted or however you pronounce the word, right? He got crushed in the media. Fucking stupid Danny Ruye, the junkies, all the idiot local sports hot take artists were just crushing Rivera for saying like, no, we're close. I believe we're close. I believe, you know, this is, we're not far away and stuff like that. And I think, you know, obviously the Denver game was putrid from the offensive perspective, but then you come out and do something like this. And it's like, maybe he has a point. Like maybe you're really not as far away as the emotions will tell you, you are given all the, four game losing streak or whatever we were on um it you know there's validity to him now obviously he has to look at that way because no coach is going to be like well we fucking suck so let's just lose every game from here on out but you know there's a kernel of truth to what he was saying did you see the stat of scherf in our lineup from I did, the five, I did i saw you tweeted that and i saw, i did see that which is so so what unbelievably random so for those listening that don't know what i'm talking about Adam Sheffield tweeted before the game because Scherf had been out for, I don't know, three games or so. He's good to miss three games a year, so like oddly, don't, I don't understand if we should pay him or not. If Before I read the stat, I would have said, don't pay him. <laughs> now I'm like, maybe we do pay him. We move just uh, for the sake of statistics. So when Scherf's in the lineup, we win 50% of our games. When Scherf is not in the lineup, we win 13%. And he's a guard. That's wild. And it's like, absolutely insane. He comes back yesterday and we play our best game against the Phoenix Bowl champs with a loaded defense on my head. 
And he, um, I just don't understand it. We <laughs> ran the ball against their defensive line and Vita Vea, who I know got hurt. And it looks like it was a very catastrophic injury at the end of the game. One of my favorite players in the NFL that's not on Washington. That guy is a fucking monster. And any, I've said it a thousand times. That like, I remember the pre-draft process where people like, well, I don't know if he's going to be a good player. Cause he's not polished. I'm like, he is a 350 pound man that moves like no man at 350 pounds should move. And he's got that <laughs> Samoan tongue and strength. Don't fuck with that. That's, that's, that's crazy right there. Right. But anyway, uh, they did a really good job of running up the gut against defense right the Tampa's de- a de- uh, defense's front seven, which is very, very good. I mean, we, we ran the ball 30 plus times, which I think is the formula that they, we, the our coaches want to do. But, uh, the thing with Scherf that is just, I think, can't go unnoticed. That are, it doesn't go unnoticed to me, but, like, you kind of forget about him when he's not in. Like, look, Schweitzer did a more than admirable job while he was out. Like, let's – our offensive line depth is great. I mean, we talked about that being one of the good things entering the season, the fact that – Yeah, that go was in our pregame – Go listen to our pregame pod. Like, we both agree we were too deep basically every – Sadiq Charles, who is not great, but, like, He's also not awful. Right. Is our third string tackle. Um, and he's more of a swing tackle than that. So he can be like, he can be. Well, Lucas was our starter and arguably our, one of our best offensive linemen last year. And he's our last year. Man. And now he's backup. Yeah. yeah. Because Leno's been great. Cosme's, Cosme's been a revelation. Uh, I was very scared, very, very, very scared about him coming into the season. Uh, but he's been great. Uh, losing Rue, painful. I don't think I realized how good Rue was. And so I watched yesterday's game. I like rewatched as much as I could today. And I think Larson did a fairly good job. But I thought Larson not, was fine. Yeah. I think, I think he's, I think he's, that's like, again, this is our point. He's great. I think Rui is the stuff. I think he's a top five center. No hate against Rui. It's not like, oh my God, you know, we didn't miss anything without him. I, I 100% agree with you. I think he's ex- um, arguably our but, best offensive lineman. Yeah. But what happens when Scherf comes back is he just makes everyone better because you do not have to do anything with him. One, he can for he might not be able to walk when he's thirty-five, but right now that dude can still move, and you can isolate him. He doesn't lose one-on-one matchups. And yeah, sure, any any player will lose every like once in a while. He gets fined for holding every so often, uh, but like he makes us immensely better because you can say, "Hey, Larson's starting for the first time, and he's got to deal with Sue, and he's got to deal with Vitavea. Sure, go get him." You know, and Sheriff can help out. Or you can just you can have you can have uh, um, Flowers come in and help Larson because you know you can trust Sheriff to be one on one in his matchup. He, I mean, he's great. He's an all pro for a reason. I have no idea if we're going to pay him. I don't know the answer to that to that riddle. I don't think we can pay him. I would bet any sum of money that we're not just because that uh, just seems like the way the team. But Ron, but Ron loves him, so we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I, I would love to see him extended here. I, I, I really would. So not, but like, I just don't think it's going to happen. We've already put him on the tag twice. I have mentally prepared that he's gone. I, I, absolutely. And do I think it's a coincidence that Taylor finally played great the moment Sheriff is back in that lineup? No. It's hard to write that off as purely a coincidence. Yeah. Um, back to Heineke. I'm just going to put a bow on this for him. Do it. Um, he was really bad for three or four games, like really bad. Yeah, and I think it's a I think it's a combination of, and I said this earlier. I think it's a combination of, of Ron and Scott getting in his head, 
Um, and a combination of that with the idea, this is this was his eighth start this year, and his ninth start if you count the playoffs. Yeah, if you really want to, if you really want to get into it, his tenth career start because he started a game for Carolina. My point is, his eighth consecutive start. So there's tape. That was and that's why. Tape. And that's why when we talk about like, oh, defenses haven't been both have been sitting back and saying, "Beat us with your arm." He can't. He doesn't have the arm strength to do it. And that, you know, the tape, I think, is one of the reasons why he hasn't been playing well, coupled with the fact that I really think that Ron was like, your job is to hand the ball off, make the check down, and not fuck this up. The games that Heineke plays well in, though, like, it is, I'm a, I'm a fucking street baller. I'm going to come in, I'm going to play with my hair a little bit on fire, and just play. Like, think about that play against the Falcons that threw across the field. Like, that, that play was wild. <laughs> But I think they took the shot. They took the training wheels a little bit off of him yesterday. Like there was a few shots because the argument, I think in the green Bay game, maybe it was the green Bay game or the one before that, the case overly in, in the green Bay game, he overly ran. Or where like, was the same the week like before that where like there were shots available and he wasn't taking them. Yeah. There were shot plays available. And I think like, so the, 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 the touchdown pass to Carter was a perfect example. You had a guy one-on-one on one coverage. No. It was a dime. It was a great throw, right? So, you know, he's never going to probably nail the 50-yarder down this because he just doesn't have the arm strength. But I think they're starting to, like, let loose a little bit. I think for him to where you're going, it's just finding the right balance between gunslinger and hero ball. But I think he has to have a gunslinger part of him. That's who he is. Yes. Um, But I brought the tape because what I'm most encouraged about with Heineke is he definitely tries to correct things. Like, the game before Green Bay, um, you're right. I think we played – if I remember correctly, it was Kansas City. Kansas City. Maybe, it was New or- maybe it was New Orleans. Like, every time I was like, dude, just fucking take off. You're faster than every linebacker on the field. And he wouldn't do it. And then against Green Bay, he took off every chance he got. He ran for like 100 yards. Yeah. Um, so he definitely tries to correct things. But when I think about the Tampa game, so that's his, ninth, that's his eighth start, all that tape his second start against that defense. Not only did that defense have a ton of tape on them, they knew them. They played against them. Um, it's the same unit, that same unit as it was in January. Literally the same unit. Literally the same unit. I mean, that, that was the big thing with Tampa. We brought everybody back. Literally the same unit. Yep. And it's the best he's played in a while. And I think that's super – like, I just think that's really encouraging. And the reason I'm so pro Heineke on our team – is we've we found a lot over this last eight weeks. One, we sure shit know he's not the franchise quarterback. <laughs> uh, we desperately need to go find that guy, as we've said for 30 years. Yep. But the value that Heineke brings, especially if he starts all season now, he's got 16 starts in the system. All those all those pass attempts, he'll know everything going on. I just like the value of him as our backup next year increases immensely. Um we won't have to worry about false starts. We won't have to worry about the team being confused about what to do with the backup in there. We have a guy that has experience. Like he becomes an immensely valuable piece to our puzzle. Plus he's only like a million dollars. He's a perfect I hope backup. He like, they bring in somebody. I don't know who it is. Um, I was talking to my buddy, John about this. I was like, the, the, the market of available quarterbacks is even more bleak this off season than it was last off season. There's going to be next to nobody, if not nobody. Um, well, and if there's somebody, they're not going to want to come here anyway. Right. 
So that's that. And let's just say they signed some middle of the road dude. I can't even think of it, but let's just say value over replacement player X. Is Heineke going to be willing to go back to the bench knowing that he started arguably 17 games for this team this season? Because as I suspected from quite some time, Fitzpatrick ain't coming back. No. They didn't they already basically called it. They that basically just called it that he, he's not coming back. I think Heineke knows what's up. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Competitor, if he's a real competitor, then he's got a couple strings loose in his head, and he probably thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread. Very possible. I would, I would bet good money that he knows he's not playing for the future. Maybe he's playing for a future in the NFL in terms of like being on a roster, right? But, but he's, he's going to have a spot should, here. Yeah, if he's if he's smart, which I think he, I mean, he's definitely book smart. He knows that next year we're going to go out and try to get somebody, whether that's Matt Coral or whatever pronounce the name, or whether that's, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Russell oh, Wilson, draft any quarterback this year, uh, or whether I mean, I'm team dude Howitzer, I'm in. Your team, Sam Howell. Yeah, <laughs> bring him on. No, 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 no. Yeah. Guy, he's got balls. He can run. He's got a cannon of an arm. I will say two he plays, things. He plays behind the worst offensive line in football. He's I will say two things. I see nothing from Sam Howell that doesn't scream Mitch Trubisky to me. I see nothing from him that doesn't scream oh, Mitch Trubisky to me. It's just because Mitch went to Carolina. I, it is because Mitch Carolina went to Carolina. And I don't see anything that doesn't scream Mitch Trubisky 2.0 to me. And I will maintain my stance that if Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback of the Washington football team next year, I will take a sabbatical from my fandom of the Washington football team. Oh, no, no chance. We'll say this preseason spot will say that and Mitch will come out ball week one. You'll be like, you know what? I was wrong. Nope. <laughs> that guy is the equivalent of hot, stinky excrement to the quarterback. What position. happens What happens? we're drafting like 10th and Pickett's available? Would you take Pickett? I don't like any of the quarterbacks. Now, this so is a time of year where I also Brennan, said, You're taking Brennan Armstrong top 10. I don't even know who that is. For UVS quarterback. Yeah, so no, that, that's why I don't yeah. know who that is, right? <laughs> so, yeah. He's got the best numbers in college. Dude, we're, the, the entire draft is just defensive line, defensive ends, like B-plus defensive ends and B-plus A-minus offensive linemen. That's the entire first 15 picks. So that's what we're okay. going to get. Well, then you change your strategy. You draft seven quarterbacks and you say, figure it the fuck out. I feel like they're going to go chase another veteran and I could not be less enthusiastic about it. Um, are we going to have Mariota playing the quarterback? I hope not because God bless him. I love the guy as a human being, but he cannot be stay, he'll he'll be cannot stay healthy. Um, also, we can't have a guy like Mariota because <laughs> takes everybody's knees. My buddy Chester thinks we should be the Washington legs because everyone cashes the leg at FedEx. That, that spot the on the field, spot. man. That spot on the field. All in the same spot. The RG3 curse. Oh my god! I mean, oh. the, that photo of making rounds of like Chase towards ACL, Alex Smith, uh, and others. Griffin. So Griffin, yeah, but Griffin happens. He officially tears at that side, but like it's it's further. It's inside the ten at that point for him. But it's also the same spot that Kyle Allen broke his leg. Same. I mean, it was a different stadium, but same spot. The Dyson broke his leg. I mean, we're cursed. Yeah. So going back to the, going back, you, you, you had this segue earlier and I wanted to visit it and then we got, we got sidetracked with something else. Um, 
Okay. So three and six, three and six right now, right? Carolina next week. Uh, I watched I watched a good a good portion because it was on red zone. There wasn't a lot of four o'clock games. So I watched a good portion of the of the Arizona Carolina game. Uh, I am a Cam Newton fan. I've always had or I was a Cam Newton fan for the vast majority of his career. Always thought he was one of the most gifted quarterbacks, physically speaking, that we've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, there's nothing about Cam Newton starting next Sunday where I'm like, ooh, uh, you got to be careful. That's Cam Newton over there. No, that guy is 20%, and that's probably being very, very generous of what he was at his prime. Nothing about that team scares me in terms of Newton being quarterback. If there is something defense, that scares me, it's Christian McCaffrey is back. Their defense is very, very, very good. And Christian McCaffrey looked very McCaffrey-like in terms of his abilities, and that scares the shit out of me. But – um the bigger point, let's just even put away Carolina for just for a moment. If, okay. if it was, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going there. Um, if, if this turns out to be a blip in the matrix, then fine. It's great. Like it's almost meaningless that they won today, that like if they just go out and they would lose the next four games. Yeah, Monday's always better when they win. Monday's always better when they win. But God, when you win like this and things start connecting and you have reason to believe that there's a linear progression about this, it's hard not to wonder that, do they rip off a few more wins? We're not going to run the table. No, that's not happening. We have to play Dallas twice and Dallas is excellent. Yeah, but, Dallas is so good. Right. And Philadelphia is warming up a little bit. Uh, they're not, they're not good, but they're warming up a little bit. There's still Seattle. There's still the Raiders. We're not a bad team. We're going to beat Seattle. And I'm going to love every minute of it. I hope for your sake we do. I, that's the one team left on my hit list I really, really want to win against. I really want to beat them. I'm so sick of them. They're not good. I've watched pretty much all the games. They are not good. I thought just Russell Wilson was just super rusty yesterday. I'm always wary of a quarterback coming back. Like I was talking to my buddy. Shout out to my buddy Amit. I was talking to my, my friend who's a Cowboys fan. And I was like, there were so many shitheads who were like, oh, my God, the Cowboys are washed because Dak Prescott came back and they looked like ass. I'm like – Prescott hasn't played in X number of weeks. Like he's going to be rusty. That takes a second to shake things off. And I feel like that was the case with Russell Wilson yesterday. I'm like, yeah, the weather was ass in green Bay, but like you knew he wasn't going to be hundred percent himself. Now getting shut out isn't a separately, is an entirely separate matter, but still green Bay's defense ain't that good. I don't know what the rest of the season holds. I do know that our schedule immensely lightens. Uh, Cause we're through, I mean, we've played Herbert, We've played Brady. We've played Mahomes. We've played Rodgers. Uh, hell, you could even put Matt. I mean, not Matt Ryan's down in the vicinity, but like. Matt Ryan's been playing good, really well this year. He's been playing really well. He's a good quarterback. We played freaking Josh Allen. Like, we have gone through a gauntlet of quarterbacks. Minus the fact that we. Uh, <laughs> minus the fact we lost to Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but now we get, uh, you know, either PJ Walker or. Cam, not scared of either. Russell's team's just not very good. Sure, it's Russell, but like we've played pretty well against Russell previously. So he doesn't scare me that much. You know, then we get Danny Dimes one more time. We get your boy Hertz twice. Uh, so I don't know what I don't know what anything means, but I will say this. If we beat Carolina on the road in a game that's gonna be very hard for us to prepare for because Ron's gonna get freaking emotional about it. Uh I will start to say, okay, then I'm going to start looking at the standings because then we play Seattle at home who we can absolutely beat. And if you win those two games, all of a sudden you're five and six. And guess what? We'll hold tiebreakers. We hold tiebreakers over a few teams that would be ahead of us for that seventh 
wild card spot. Yeah, I said seventh spot because there's an extra spot this year. I hate it. Um, I don't think. No, we had seven spots last year. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. We just made the playoffs because we won the division. No, no, no. But there was a seventh spot. That's how the Bears got into the playoffs last year. Well, it didn't. It didn't. Doesn't count because we won the division. Uh, my point is this: I will believe we can make a run if we can go into Carolina and win that game. Otherwise, we're back to square one and we suck again. You know that. You know the gif. Yes, the, we suck again. Yes. Yeah, 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 that that'll be us if we lose to Carolina, a team we can beat. Although their defense is very good. There were seven um, teams last year. But you go. Oh, there were. Yeah. I still don't um, In the AFC, the, the the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts all made all made it as wild cards. In the NFC, it was the Bears, the Bucks, and the Rams who all made it as wild cards. It doesn't count because we won the division. Yeah, uh, that. <laughs> uh, if we can win that game, we come home Monday night. We'll have won two in a row. I'll start being like, okay, because it sucks that we have to do this, but as a Skins fan, it's like the only thing we cling to. Of our last like four playoff appearances, maybe even more than that, no, four of our last like five playoff appearances have come from some absurd table. We're three and six. Yeah, we're on the three table. And six, we win seven, win in a row. Three and six under Mike Shanahan. We're five, we're seven we're, in a row. Yeah, we're five and six. Shantae, or not even. We're five and five, Sean Taylor, guys. We go five and six, and then we win five in a row. Uh, the other Gibbs team, I think, won the last four no, games. You confused it. So it's five and five, or five and six, and then that was 2005 when we run five in a row. And then in 2007, when Sean Taylor passes, we that's, were – That's we, when they we put Todd Collins. Seven? We finished nine and seven because Todd Collins came into the we're lineup replacing, replacing Jim, uh, Jason, Co- Jason Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, and then we won our last four. Yeah, and we whooped Dallas' ass in the snow. That was awesome. Yes, yep. Uh, that was and Santana a, Moss that, pointed Chris out Cooley. that we won by 21. Yeah, and Chris Cooley, I think, had three touchdowns. Um, man, simpler times. My point is, and then even last year, we were two and seven. We were somewhere we, very, very close to this. And we found a way. I mean, granted, it helps when your entire uh, conference or division sucks. I want to point out one thing before you get there. I know we won the division at seven and nine. We were one of those, you know, one of those blemished seven and nine division winners. I will still maintain this, that if Alex Smith, I know ifs and buts are candy and nuts, but if Alex Smith did not get hurt, we would have finished nine and seven. The two games that we lost were directly attributable to the fact that Alex Smith got hurt. Okay. Here, there you have it, folks. It was nine, it was probably, nine and seven. It was fucking probably. Dwayne Haskins while we were seven and nine. Seahawks and Panthers? Yes, uh, pulling it right back up. But basically, if man, that's the game. The Panthers games when Heineke came in and balled out, and I was like, mm, maybe he's not so bad. <laughs> uh, my point is, is as a Skins fan, four of our last five Seattle and games, Carolina, and Haskins yeah. was the starting quarterback in both those games. Man, he's getting blasted on social media right now by uh, Didi Kinkawala. Saw her. Yeah, she is. She's crushing. Uh, do you blame him? I mean, no, do you blame her? And then people are like, oh, you have an axe to grind. She's like, first of all, I'm the Steelers beat reporter. What axe do I have to grind? And secondarily, she's like, you do know I'm getting this from the coaches, right? Second second coaching staff that has questioned his maturity and his commitment to his phone versus football. It's really his third because Jay was like – Yeah, you got to remember Gruden, right. But, like, if Rivera and Tomlin are both saying that about you, who in the NFL is going to take you? 
those are two of the most highly respected head coaches in the league. Not to mention the fact that Tomlin's probably one of the most player-friendly coaches in the NFL. And if even his staff is being like, you need to get your nose out of your fucking phone, that's a problem. Anyway, if we beat Carolina, big if. Because it's in Carolina. And I just had this weird, like, I want the team to rally around Ron. I just have a hard time. I have, I don't want Ron to be so into, like, going home. I think there's a lot of that got out of their system because they played the Panthers last year. I know it was in DC. I I I would have, I would have said the same thing, but with Cam now the quarterback Mm. after we didn't after we didn't sign him with multiple chances, like that storyline is going to be going wild. If Cam beats us, that storyline is going to be insufferable. If Cam beats us, mute Twitter. Don't get on Twitter. Yeah. Insufferable. It's going to be brutal. There's two insufferable storylines that I'm very worried about. That was my last comment on stuff. One is Cam beating us. And two, if for some reason, like the pass rush starts getting home over these next six to eight games or something like that. And like, we start like our sack numbers start going up for whatever reason. Like, I don't know, James Smith Williams balls out or like Shaka Tony turns into like, you know, Ryan Kerrigan 3.0 or whatever. Right. There's going to be this, are we better without Chase Young narrative that's going to start happening. And it's going to be Mm. really, it's going to be really disgusting and terrible. And, you know, the comment, look, he's a 21, 22 year old kid. I understand what he said. His money comment. His money comment. Everyone said it. He was naive to say it out loud, but every single player is doing that. Especially if you. Look what happened towards ACL. Like NFL players, careers are so short. Make money while you can. As long as you come and work your ass off in the, in the building, which he does. And everyone said it, that he skipped OTAs. Yes, he did. And when he came into camp, he was as in shape as anybody on the team, as anyone on the team. To say that he was sitting there and doing the Jamarcus Russell on the side by missing OTAs is could not be any further from the truth. So Ron, he also pr- apparently talked to Ron about it. And Ron was like, yeah, go do you. Like, you're the face of the team. Like, this is what, this is, this is what happens. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If if we go in there and win, I'll be pretty stoked. And I'll also point out if we win that game, Heineke will be four and five as a starter, which pretty damn good when you're uh, Washington QB one because our history of quarterbacks is shitty. <laughs> and you still have less than 16 starts under your belt. Yep. So we'll see. Then we will leave it there. Hopefully we're having the same conversation after a win against Carolina next Sunday. Um, as usual for our sign off, thank you so much for everyone who's listening. Be sure to subscribe to us on the regular spots and we will do this again next week. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.